I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. Many of us are still processing the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Abortion will remain legal here in California. It will still be a medical service that is a part of our health care. In other states, pregnant people face an entirely different reality. Already, abortion clinics have begun closing in states like Arkansas, West Virginia, and Louisiana. Residents of those states now have to seek abortion elsewhere, and they'll rely on everyday communication tools to figure out how to do that. Like that smartphone that you're likely listening to me on right now. Using Google search to find the nearest abortion clinic, booking travel plans, coordinating details with a friend through text. But now activities like that can be used against abortion seekers. That's why people are eager to erase their digital footprints using programs like Delete Me. Chronicle reporter Cameron Pack has been looking into the risks for women across the United States who are having to seek reproductive care outside of their home states, a medical service that was previously enshrined as a constitutional right. She's here to talk about this stark reality that actually isn't as new as you may think. Cameron Pack, thanks for joining me on Fifth Emission. Yeah, it's great to be here. So Cameron, your story spotlights how a company called Delete Me saw a big uptick in signups ever since it was leaked that the Supreme Court would overturn Roe. We all know that decision came down last week. Explain for me what Delete Me is and what kind of data here would be vulnerable. So Delete Me is a subscription service where users can sign up and get their data wiped from the internet. And that data includes home addresses, email addresses, phone numbers, names of family members, and more. And essentially, if organizations are using this data to find and target abortion seekers, they're likely combining it with all of this personal information from data brokers. So if these abortion seekers are removing their data through services like Delete Me, that can stop them from being included in passive targeting. Delete Me CEO Rob Chevelle told me that individuals have been signing up at three times the normal rate and companies have been signing up at six times the normal rate in the interest of protecting their employees. So people seem to be really aware that private information is very vulnerable right now. And among those who might be really vulnerable are women who might be seeking abortion in other states since they can't receive care in their home states. Why? So as of now, no abortion bans attempt to prosecute women who are seeking abortions in states where it is legal. However, legal experts have definitely said that this is a possibility. So women who are more conscious about their data, who might travel out of state for an abortion, are just taking these steps right now preemptively because this could be a possibility. And we all know that abortion will remain legal here in California. Do California residents have to be concerned? California residents don't need to be concerned about being prosecuted for getting abortions or assisting others, but their main concern would essentially just be helping these abortion seekers coming to the state. So I guess in all, they don't really need to be concerned. Mm -hmm. And we know that data security is always an issue, but what you're describing here isn't really a new concern. Private data has been used in the past to go after women who are considering an abortion. What has happened before? So two cases come to mind. So in 2015 in Indiana, a woman named Pervy Patel texted a friend about ordering abortion-inducing pills, and she ended up being sentenced to 20 years in prison for feticide and neglect of a child. And even though her sentence was lessened in the future, it did show that prosecutors could use text messages as evidence when prosecuting these women. 
And the second case that I looked into was that of Latisse Fisher from Mississippi. And basically in 2018, she was indicted on a second degree murder charge after giving birth to a stillborn baby. And prosecutors used her browsing history as evidence in the trial. And her browsing history showed that she had been searching for abortion pills and ways to induce a miscarriage. So that's another example of how this data could be used to prosecute these women. Mm. And Cameron, I've also seen stories and headlines that have warned women in particular to be careful with things like period tracking apps. I know, for example, the health app in people's iPhones, just that's a default uh, thing that comes with your phones. And that Mm -hmm. was just really alarming for so many people. How might period tracking data be used against women? So prosecutors in states where abortion is illegal can subpoena any app on a woman's phone. And period tracking apps show information about missed periods, pregnancies, and more. So if a woman has this information in their phone, that shows proof that they were pregnant and might have gone and gotten an abortion. So that's the specific concern regarding period apps. Mm -hmm. And how have app companies responded to that kind of threat? So two companies that I looked into were Flow and Clue, and together they have over 55 million active users combined. And so Flow is launching an anonymous mode, which will separate users' identities from their account data. So even if a prosecutor were to say, give me all the data on X person, that data wouldn't be linked with their identity. And then the Clue CEO has also released a statement saying that they would never provide a user's private health data to any authority that could use it against them. And Mm -hmm. so the specific details of these plans have yet to be revealed, but that's what the companies have been doing so far. More with Cameron Pack after a quick break. Smartphones aren't the only ways that abortion seekers could be surveilled. Cameron will talk about that and the ways that future legislation could protect their privacy. We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. So, Cameron, we all know that smartphones are really powerful tools that are capable of tracking us in ways that maybe we don't even really understand You've talked to some digital security experts. What have they shared with you about tips in staying safe and keeping our data safe? So one of the experts that I talked to was Adam Schwartz from the Electronic Frontier Foundation, and that's a San Francisco-based nonprofit that defends digital privacy. And the foundation has actually published two guides for both abortion seekers and those assisting them. And some common tips that I saw across both guides were to use VPNs and use different browsers for different uses. So for example, if you are doing personal browsing, just looking for entertainment on your phone or computer, you might use Chrome. But then if you're seeking an abortion, you might use a more secure browser like DuckDuckGo, which already has hardened privacy settings. And some other browsers with these settings are Brave and Firefox, which they recommend. Another tip that they offer to abortion seekers and those assisting them is to provide a different phone number when calling healthcare providers and Google Voice actually gives you a secondary phone number which you can use for those purposes. And another tip that I've heard is to simply leave your phone at home or turn it off when going into a healthcare clinic and that way there wouldn't be any location data that would follow you to these places. Mm-hmm. Those are really valuable tips, but we also know, Cameron, that surveillance happens off of our phones too. What other kinds of personal data or tracking technology could be used against people seeking abortions. 
So to my understanding, some technologies that could be used but haven't been used just yet are license plate readers and surveillance cameras. Mm. So I actually spoke with Oakland Privacy Research Director Mike Katzlikabe, and he told me that there is essentially a system of license plate readers which have many, many people's license plates in the systems, and the system goes across different states. So if you're driving from Texas to California for an abortion, it could definitely be possible that these license plate readers could track your car going from state to state. Mm. And surveillance cameras also have new features where they could scan one person's face in one state and then get footage from them in another state and pull that up and track them down that way as well. Mm. Cameron, this is all super alarming. Is there something that can be done to protect people? How are local and federal governments thinking about all of this? Yeah, so the attorney that I spoke to from the Electronic Frontier Foundation, Adam Schwartz, laid out two different types of laws that could be passed by local and federal state legislatures about these issues. And the first type of law would be one that addresses corporations. And the second type of law would be one that addresses the government's use of data. So going into the first type, laws that address corporations, Representative Sarah Jacobs of San Diego actually proposed um, in the House of Representatives an act called My Body, My Data. And essentially what the act would do would first off like limit the amount of data that is being collected by healthcare providers. And on top of that, if these healthcare providers were to give out information, they would have to get consent from those people whose data they have. So that just allows the people whose data is in the hands of these providers to have more control over their data, as opposed to leaving it up to these companies to control that. Mm -hmm. And it would also just limit the amount of data that's collected to begin with. So even if someone asked for those records of specific data, those companies might not have them. Mm -hmm. So the second type of law that legislatures can pass would be one that limits the government's use of data. And so one concern that has been brought up by privacy experts are that people might use geofence warrants to go after these women. So essentially, geofence warrants work like this. The police can go to a company that has records of people's locations, and they can ask the company, to tell them all the people that were present in a particular place at a particular time. So historically, these warrants have been used to investigate crimes like bank robberies, where the police can go and say, tell me everyone who was at this bank. But they could also potentially be used at abortion clinics, where the police could go to a Planned Parenthood and ask for a geofence warrant on all of the people that were present at the clinic. Hmm. And a similar tactic that police use is called using keyword searches, and that is used to target web browsing data. So this practice would allow law enforcement to ask an internet service provider for a list of everyone who searched for specific words, so abortion clinics or abortion pills. People that search for those could all be targeted through keyword searches. And whether these two things are constitutional is currently a question that's making its way through the courts. But in the meantime, experts say that legislatures should proactively pass laws that prevent law enforcement officials from using these warrants to begin with. Mm. And we know that California is calling itself an abortion sanctuary state, but they're also thinking about privacy protections for its residents. How is the California state legislature thinking about these issues? 
So there are actually several different bills floating around right now. So Assembly Bill 2091 would prevent healthcare providers from releasing medical information about a person seeking an abortion if they get a request or a subpoena issued under another state's ban. There's also Assembly Bill 1666, which would help protect people who get or help others get abortions from civil liability, so it would protect them from that in California. And Assembly Bill 2223 would strengthen protections in California law against prosecution of abortions and miscarriages. Well, Cameron, this is really timely and helpful information. Thank you so much for your reporting, and I appreciate you talking to me. Yeah, thank you for having me. Cameron Pack is a politics reporter at The Chronicle. Find coverage about digital privacy for abortion seekers at sfchronicle.com and The Chronicle app. You'll find even more reporting on this topic by Chronicle reporter Carolyn Saeed. Thank you to King Kaufman for the help. Thanks to Karen Creighton for the editing and to you for listening. <laughs> 